0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
1: Hello there, I'm Graham VK4, Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News Service for week commencing November 22, 2015 and fair warning... Today's broadcast will be slightly longer than normal but we certainly are able to bring you lots of good news from the WIA and in particular the IARU and WRC 15. Another reminder is that all points of contact in today's news stories are best found when you read the text edition of WIA and the National News Service. There is one heck of a lot more in the written version of this, the WIA National Audio News Service. WRC 15 in Geneva has agreed on a secondary allocation of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz for the amateur service with regional power limits of 15 to 25 watts measured in EIRP. That decision came November 18 at the conference plenary meeting. The outcome of Item 1.4 that proposed to give the amateur service its first new HF allocation since 1979. The fixed service, which had primary status in the new allocation, mounted strong pressure that saw a varied approach taken on the power limit. Generally, 15 watts EIRP is permitted in ITU Regions 1 and 3. The last step and a formality is the signing off of the final act when WRC 15 closes November 27. The breakthrough for the IARU on the 5 meg issue came as the result of years of preparation, trials and talks. The IARU team, which includes Dale Hughes, VK1 DSH, partly funded by the WIA and IARU, went to WRC 15 not at all confident on getting the new 60 metre band allocation. The IARU team faced firm opposition against a wide-sharing Spectrum slice at 5 megs. The IARU had pressured its case at the Spectrum Marathon, but through a considered strategy with careful listening, compromise and negotiation found a way. The first big hurdle came from major countries including Canada, Russia, the United Kingdom and the US of A, who felt such an allocation was far too generous. To persuade some to abandon their no-allocation position – a 15 kHz wide slice compromise was agreed. The other hurdle was the power limit, with it being lower than originally proposed and now has measurement at EIRP, or effective isotropic radiated power, rather than transmitter output in watts. The legacy of AMSAT OSCAR 6 and 7 in demonstrating satellite-based Doppler location of ground transmitters for search and rescue operation in the 70s set the stage for the COSPAS SARSAT system, which is now entering into the next stage of evolution. McMurdo's next-generation MEO-SAR satellite ground station system installation in New Zealand will reduce rescue times in one of the world's most active search and rescue regions – The project is part of a joint initiative with Maritime New Zealand and the Australian Maritime Safety Authority. This New Zealand MEOSAR system and another being installed in VK6 will cover one of the largest search and rescue areas in the world, from north of Australia New Zealand to the equator and south to the South Pole, east to halfway across the Pacific and west halfway across the Indian Ocean. Satellite broadband coming to regional and remote Australia. The satellites will provide high-speed broadband to even the most remote areas of Australia, bringing with it more options for broadcasters to interact with their online audience and provide streaming and podcast audio. That is, once the PPCA dispute is settled, although the major networks are now streaming their provincial stations again. Blasting off from French Guiana on 1st of October, the launch date was a huge step forward for those living in regional and remote Australia, according to the Communications Minister. The second satellite will be launched later next year to ensure there is sufficient capacity to meet the needs of users in regional and remote areas. Skippable songs now available on UK radio. Capital Extra, Global's national urban radio station, has launched a new version of their app a few weeks ago with a new feature, a skip button. If you're listening to the live radio station and hear a song that you don't like, you can now skip the song you're listening to. Now this listening experience does sound intriguing. It's only available on iOS at present and unavailable in the Australian App Store where my iPod thinks it's home even though it isn't quite home for me yet. So I've been unable to try it out and anyway to this old baby boomer, Capital Extra mostly sounds like a noise. But the theory sounds great. Skip the song currently playing live and the app goes to the next song scheduled on the station. It is genuine skipping. And talking of skipping... Skip out of the way for speeding emergency vehicles. The uses of Radio Spectrum continue to grow and among the latest is an Australian device that overrides FM broadcast stations to warn motorists of emergency service vehicles. While overseas interest has been shown in it, regulation barriers need to be overcome to gain the Australian, New Zealand and USA markets. When fitted... Ambulances, fire engines and police cars transmit a pre-recorded voice message which can be heard over any FM radio up to 200 metres away. Adaptations also give the device a three-kilometre range with the latest information for a disaster-prone area or to be strategically placed on freeways, augmenting other warning signage.
2: Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the south-east of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5 RMG 146.900 MHz on Sunday mornings at 9am Central Standard Time. I'm Cole, VK5HCF.
3: The WIA is planning a last hurrah to draw to a close its ANZAC 100 program over two weekends from December 12th to December 20 this ending is timed with the departure of the Anzacs from Gallipoli on December 20, 1915 when Colonel J. Patton was in charge of the rear Guard. That came after eight months of heavy losses of life on both sides of the conflict. The last hurrah already has five Anzac Suffolk call signs involved. The VI3 Anzac activity will be on phone, CW, and Digital. The VI-4 ANZAC event, Sailors in Kharki, concentrates on the role of the Royal Australian Naval Bridging Team. The VI-6 ANZAC is planned to be mounted by the Ham College, while VI-8 ANZAC plans a top-end event. All the ANZAC Suffolk events will load their electronic log files to eQSL. Final plans are also underway for a closing statement to be broadcast throughout Australia through VK100 ANZAC on December 20, but before the official closure of the ANZAC 100 event. More details on that will be released next month. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD. Thanks Phil. Now, continuing
1: WIA Board Talk, Australian Radio Amateur Call Book, now at the printers. Our call book for 2016, after a delay that has been unavoidable, is now signed off and in the hands of the printers. The annual publication comes with a CD that has a host of additional information, including copies of amateur radio magazine, great circle maps and material for the vision impaired. Stocks are not yet available to meet the strong demand going by the orders already received, so we'll let you know of further progress with the call book on next week's broadcast. Recording our history in this Anzac centenary year. Limited access to information about some of our original ANZAC radio amateurs didn't stop WIA historian Peter Wolfenden VK3RV. Wireless in Australia, effectively the 1914 call book, lists 401 licensed experimenters. Peter, VK3RV, says it's fair to say that many of those early radio amateurs went to war, often played significant roles, particularly with the new science of wireless communication. They were at sea, on land and in the air. It's appropriate to note that those who volunteered their services, many played pivotal roles within the embryonic WIA. Names like Walter Hannon XQI, one of the 1910 founders, and he helped Lieutenant George Taylor with the first Army wireless communication experiments. Other significant World War I radio amateurs include Walter Witt, XKW, an and office bearer of the Victorian Division, who loaned his spark coil transmitter to the Navy for the first fleet of Australians and New Zealanders setting sail for Gallipoli. Howard Kingsley Love, 3BM and later VK3KU, was surprisingly discovered to be a World War I fighter pilot, who unfortunately became an enemy prisoner of war. Howard was a dynamic figure in the Victorian division of the Institute, but perhaps more importantly, a protagonist for the formation of a federal WIA during the 1920s. Through his company, Kingsley Radio, he also played important roles during World War II, supplying radio products to the services, both here, in Australia, and in Allied countries. At the outbreak of World War II in December thirty-nine, the Naval Board Secretary contacted the Institute and seeking CW operators capable of 20 words per minute for the Navy. And many responded. These stories and more
0: have been told through
1: Amateur Radio
0: magazine. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
4: International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. IARU reinforces broadcaster ban. A few shortwave broadcasters are at 7200 kHz on the edge of the exclusive amateur radio allocated 40 meter band with their emissions intruding below frequency to cause interference. The International Telecommunications Union, in its radio regulations, do not permit shortwave broadcasting stations in the segments 7100 to 7200 kHz. The IARU Region 3 Conference in Bali resolved to draw attention to incidents of broadcasters using 7200 kHz, contrary to the ITU regulations. If sufficient observations are made of such intrusions, Firm action will be made to try and move them higher in frequency above the band edge. WRC 15 allocates flight tracking spectrum. Following the loss of Malaysian Airlines flight MH370 in March 2014, the World Radio Communications Conference, WRC 15, has agreed to allocate spectrum for global flight tracking. The frequency band 1087.7 to 1092.3 MHz currently being utilised for the transmission of ADS-B signals from aircraft to terrestrial stations within line of sight has been allocated to the Aeronautical Mobile Satellite Service, Earth to Space, for reception by space stations of Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast, ADS-B, emissions from aircraft transmitters. Licence fees review underway in New Zealand. As John May reported here on VK1WIA National News last week, the Radio Spectrum Management of New Zealand is reviewing its Radio Spectrum Fees Framework and invites public submissions to the process. Among the proposals are a single fee for all licence types instead of a current regime to recover the costs of individual licences. NZART President Stuart Watchman, Zulu-Lima 2 Tango Whiskey, describes the review as having the potential to significantly increase amateur radio repeater, beacon and link fees. The NZART is to make a submission and encourages individuals to make one too. A little further south each year, the ARRL-DXCC department has announced a name change for Zulu-Lima 9, which will switch from Auckland and Campbell Islands to New Zealand subantarctic islands this will not include the snares or any islands claimed by New Zealand south of 60 degrees south specifically the antipodes of New Zealand and the bounty islands of New Zealand will count for zulu Lima 9 the New Zealand subantarctic islands entity this is not a new or changed entity but a clarification of which islands count for the entity previously known as Auckland and Campbell islands Manhattan Project sites now eligible for USA National Parks on the Air event. The United States Department of Energy, DOE, and the Interior have signed an agreement making the three sites of the Manhattan Project, a National Historical Site, and the 409th official unit of the National Park Service. The Manhattan Project was the name given to the secret World War II effort to develop the first atomic weapon. A visit to the Manhattan Project National Historical Park will be different from a visit to many other national parks, the National Park Service has pointed out. Many of the properties included in the park are located in areas there are still parts of active DOE missions. Because of safety and security issues, some facilities may not be immediately open to the public, and others may only be visited on organised bus tours. Going, going, gone. The 10th Annual AWRL Online Auction went off without a hitch last month. In addition to hundreds of browsers, the auction saw 284 individual bidders vying for product review equipment, vintage books, one-of-a-kind finds, and even a mystery junk box from the AWRL lab. 1,383 bids were recorded. After all was tallied, this year's auction grossed more than $41,000 with proceeds from the yearly online auction benefiting AWRL education programs. Now here's a report on a spider beam. Radio amateur Dean Rogers to Echo Zero Charlie Zulu Romeo featured in the Kent Messenger newspaper after discovering a tube web spider while doing his washing. The Kent Messenger reports the massive spider, Sugestria florentina, is thought to be the largest species in Britain. Read the full story at the link in this week's Bulletin of WIA National News. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. News, talk and radio sport, here with
0: VK1WIA. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ
5: 2016. All aboard the Sydney Ferries VHF-UHF Contest. Sunday, March 13, 10am-4pm. to WIA John Moyle Field Day, 19, 20 March 2016. Harry Angel, 80 m sprint, WIA. Still only a provisional date. That being said, seventh of May, ten ten international summer contest, August sixth and seven. Special event stations, DX beacon, repeater, and net advice. Mildura beacon, QRT, for now. The main purpose of the 473 kilohertz beacon at Mildura in the far northwest of Victoria was to create interest in that part of the spectrum. It has certainly achieved that goal. More than 100 reception reports of the BK3FI beacon on 630 metres were received. The homebrew CW beacon feeding Marconi L antenna was heard in all BK states, and a few reports from New Zealand as well. The 473 kilohertz beacon is now turned off due to the early onset of lightning storms, but if there is sufficient interest it may return in winter. IARU is 90. To celebrate the 90th anniversary of the IARU, several countries have special event stations running to the end of the year. Contacts with these stations will go towards a diploma celebrating this IARU milestone, where you need to contact 10 special IARU call signs before the end of 2015. Members of the Malta Amateur Radio League are using 9H90IARU, QSL 9H1SP. EV90IARU was on the air from Belarus, and you QSL by EW1I. The Radio Club of Haiti will be using HH90IARU and the QSL manager's W3HNK. Sicilian station ii 9 iau is on the wireless now until the 31st of December. The Mongolian National Society is putting JT90-IAAU on air. QSL via JT1-KAA. UP90-IAAU from Kazakhstan with RW6HS acting as QSL manager. And of course, your WIA is now active with its VI90-IAA call sign under a roster of its members. Both clubs and individual advanced licence holders are encouraged to apply. The St George Amateur Radio Society in Sydney South began the celebration last weekend, with vi 90 A.R.U. heard, delighting all both on phone and digital. On Tuesday, Bill VK4ZD and Diane VK4DI at Gaddon in Southeast Queensland were given vi 90 A.R.U. and got down to the business of working many DX stations even an appearance on the DX Anzinet and spotted by DX for me. The pair is still due to be on air until today, Sunday, November 22. Those rostered are given the requirements of the VI90 IARU call sign, including the need to file an electronic log. QSL is via the Bureau. Nominate the UTC dates and times. Plan to be used. Email your expression of interest to WIA National Office. Another special event call which ends in December is PD15XMAS. The special event station PD15XMAS will be on the air from December 5 to January 1. And Raymond Smith, PD70X's QSL route. Today, Sunday 22nd, VI0ANZAC from Casey in Antarctic will hold another activation as part of the Wireless Institute of Australia ANZAC 100 program. At this stage, depending on the weather and availability, VI-0 ANZAC is trying to reactivate on Sunday, November 22, starting at 0200 UTC. It will start on 14.250 MHz and QSY if necessary. Awards. National Parks event reports on the successful outing. With 29 of Victoria's National Parks made active by 17 radio amateurs, including a swag of interstateers, the weekend event was worthwhile. The focus last weekend was on the 5th annual Keith Roger Mora National Parks Award activity period, with 7 from VK5 and 1 from VK2, joining the rest from VK3. During the event vk 3 PMG achieved the KRMNPA Merit Award of 45 Parks Worked, and also activated Grampians and Little Desert National Parks. Well done. The logbook showed VK3PMG contacted Peter VK3TKK in Greater Bendigo, Cole VK5HCF and Tom VK5EE at Mount Richmond and finally Tony VK3VTH in the Snowy River to qualify at Married Status. Two husband and wife teams were active, Leslie VK5LOL and Hans VK5YX at Wiperfeld and Joe, VK3YSP and Julie, VK3FOWL at French Island. Both duos operating for two days. On this Saturday, the control station, VK3WI, manned by Terry, VK3UP, was active from the Brisbane Ranges. Popularity growth in WIA awards. Already this year, there have been more WIA awards claims than last year. The dramatic increase in WIA awards is due to the quick application and processing times. All you need to do is upload your ADIF log. There are no forms to fill in. Most awards take only a few days to be approved. Currently there are 650 and we may reach 800 by year's end. The program has been open to DX users and the WIA has arguably the best award program of its type in the world. All award applications are online, free to WIA members who must be registered Memnet users. The system is also available to DX users who pay the cost. Check out the award program on the WIA website and a direct URL is in the text edition of this broadcast. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in
0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au.
6: Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR with Worldwide Special Interest Group News, this week beginning with Final Frontier. Reruns in space or radio redo? It seems that old jokes, unlike radio waves, have an uncanny ability to bounce back and return to Earth. Amateur Radio Newsline have reminded us of a news prank the BBC staged a few years ago. A fictional radio astronomer at an observatory in Puerto Rico happened upon some old broadcast signals just floating out in space, while attempting to track extraterrestrial signals from his lab. Or so the story goes. He then identified those surprise signals as transmissions from old TV broadcasts, identifying them even down to the point that he could name the very TV shows the signals were carrying. Well, the story, like the signals got very decent airplay for the April Fool's Day prank the British broadcasters pulled a couple of years ago. It was theorised at the time that the signals likely bounced off some faraway asteroid cloud and thus returned to Earth. TV shows he identified were said to be some 50 years old or more. Well, it didn't take 50 years, but something has apparently bounced back to Earth for real this time. And it's this old story about these ancient reruns. Twitter feeds and other forms of social media have come alive with this bizarre tale that old radio waves just don't die and don't even fade away. All of which makes for very poor science, but a very good joke, even if it's nowhere near close to April Fool's. Now to worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio. With Sunday Region Endurance Writers Association given a helping hand by the Townsville Amateur Radio Club, TARC. All these VK4 rides happen on the verdant slopes of Uri Gold Farm, just out of Marinda North of Bowen, Friday 25th to Monday the 28th of next March. You're able to camp out early at Ride Base from Thursday onwards. The ride starts on Friday afternoon and will mainly run into the evening. This is your chance to get out into some lovely countryside, set up camp with a portable station or three, and communicate in a relaxing fashion as horses and riders go by day and night. And uh, McKay and Bowen Horse Operators, you can join in the fun too, with Tark as well. So contact VK4ZZ. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Youngsters on the Air. The 6th Youngsters on the Air Summer Camp will take place next year, from the 16th to 23rd July 2016, in Wagrain, south of Salzburg, OE2 in Austria. The Austrian Society, OEVSV, is celebrating its 90th anniversary in 2016 and will host the Yoda Camp as part of the celebrations. 75 youngsters between the ages of 15 and 25 will be invited to travel to the Austrian Alps to enjoy a program with many new elements compared to previous years. Now a license change for South Africa's youngest hams. New regulations from the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa now allow amateur radio applicants who are younger than 20 and who pass the Class B exam to hold a ZU or Class B license until the age of 25. After that, they must upgrade by taking the Class A exam in order to receive a Class A license designated by a ZS or ZR callsign. The authority's decision has been based on its belief that the Class B license's primary role is to serve as an introduction to amateur radio. As a result, the authority has declared that effective April 1, 2017, all amateurs older than 25 will become ineligible for ZU licence renewals. Using microwaves as a magnet. And speaking of young hams, the Microwave Theory and Techniques Society of the IEEE is seizing the opportunity to attract students to amateur radio during its flagship conference in India in early December. The International Microwave and RF Conference in Hyderabad will be hosting a special event station, a U2MTT, that will be operating for two weeks in conjunction with the gathering. One society member, Jim Rautio, AJ3K, told the AWRL, quote, The special event is intended to draw attention to ham radio, STEM and MTT, both from conference participants and any and all active hams in India. In addition to encouraging them to pursue their licences, organisers want to see more youngsters consider careers in engineering, science, technology or mathematics. Radio said the effort's emphasis will be on amateur radio's role in disaster communications and addressing humanitarian needs. This being done through a program known by the acronym SITE for Special Interest Group on Humanitarian Technology. And now Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. CW enthusiasts may be interested in joining in the VKCW net each weeknight at zero eight thirty UTC or seven thirty PM Melbourne time on seven zero five one decimal two kilohertz and it's run like a simple traffic net. The net controller will invite stations to check in. Stations wanting to participate simply respond with their call sign. After all callers are acknowledged and the net controller will go around the group, and at this point, a caller can ask for a QSO with another station or just check out with a QNX signal. Stations wanting a QSO with another station are asked to QSY to another frequency. After all stations have been dealt with, the net is closed with a QNF signal. It's intended to be as time efficient as possible, so overs are short and no long-winded chit-chat is allowed. So far, the nets have been running for about 15 minutes each time. Tuesday and Thursdays are for Slow Speed Ops, where the net controller will slow down to match the slowest operator. So for more information, see vkcw.net. And that's all the Worldwide Special Interest Group news I have this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Rewind.
7: There is always talk about and involvement of amateur radio at times of disaster and catastrophe. But commercial broadcasters and governments also make plans. BBC newsreader Peter Donaldson, who has died aged 70, was chosen in the 1980s to voice the pre-recorded warning that we'd be broadcast in the event of a nuclear attack on Britain. This secret work was released by the National Archives, which outlined plans for a wartime radio service casting Donaldson as the voice of doom. He epitomised the tradition of received pronunciation of polished BBC English, and the starting words were This is the wartime broadcasting service. This country has been attacked with nuclear weapons, communications have been severely disrupted, and the number of casualties and the extent of the damage are not yet known. But how eerie is this?
3: Stay calm, and stay in your own house. We shall be on the air every hour on the hour. Stay tuned to this wavelength, but switch your radios off now to save your batteries. That is the end of this broadcast. This
1: is Andrew, Victor, Kilo 6 Alpha Sierra. Well, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to join us for another edition of WIA and the National News Service. We'll leave you this week with a word from Tim VK3 TJC and a reminder that all points of contact, all URLs and in fact one heck of a lot more in text is available on the WIA website when you read this week's text edition at wia.org.au. And don't forget that you can get a free early edition of the WIA National News emailed direct to your email box. All you have to do is follow the instructions on, again, wia.org.au. And now it's to Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. Walk softly.
2: Hello, this is Tim, VK3TJC from the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club, Spark reminding you that there is only one week to go to the Rosebud Radio Fest to be held on Sunday the 29th of November. Yes, Sunday the 29th of November is when the Rosebud Radio Fest is on at the Eastbourne Primary School, Alambie Avenue, Rosebud. For more details, just Google Spark Radio Fest 2015. If you have pre-loved equipment to sell, Tables are still available at $10 and can be booked online at the www.rosebudradiofest.com. But be quick as there is only a few left. The technical forums being held this year have wide appeal as per previous years and are very educational to all amateurs. The event has full catering, there is plenty of off-street parking and great door prizes and the entry fee is only $6 with under-12s free. Outdoor displays will be open from 8am, and the new and used equipment sale area in the main auditorium will be open from 9.30am until 2pm. If you need help to find a venue, a talk will be conducted on VK3 RSP, 146.675 MHz, and VK3RPU, 439.850MHz. Don't miss the fastest-growing radio fest and enjoy the tourist sites of the Mornington Peninsula with your family. See you in Rosebud on the 29th of November. 73 from the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. Tim, VK3TJC.
0: From Australia, this has been VK1WIA. And the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24 7 at wia.org.au.